Good afternoon and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show and welcome back from the weekend. I'm Warren Thompson and coming coming up on the show today to get us back into the swing of things during the business week, we will be speaking, uh, playing a clip rather of uh, an interview I conducted just a few minutes ago with the CEO of AdCorp, uh, the company announcing its full year results to the end of February 2018. And I had some time to speak to Innocent Dutero, uh, the CEO, uh, regarding the, the, the massive cleanup and restructuring underway. Uh, following that, we'll be talking markets with David Shapiro from Sasfin Wealth. So remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new president Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes and low economic growth? Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vada seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magda Verzitska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastard of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. All right, you're back with the Midday Show today. AdCorp announced full year results to the end of February 2018. Uh, that saw revenue fall 3% to 15.3 billion rand. Uh, the company posted a loss per share of 5 rand 17, uh, due largely in part to the impairment of intangible assets, goodwill and bonds, and a number of one-off costs. A little bit earlier, I spoke to uh, the still new CEO, Innocent Dutero, who gave me his thoughts around uh, just what had transpired since he took the helm. Warren, to give uh, context to the results, I think the, the key thing uh, to, to note is the fact that um, we've worked to create a platform for, for growth. And that means that um, us going into the business and, and cleaning up uh, in a number of areas, when we came in, there were a number of things that, um, that we found, which were, uh, I'd cover them in a number of um, areas. So there had been a number of acquisitions which were done on the back of um, business cases which didn't necessarily pan out. So, so a lot of the acquisitions that um, we, we did were underperforming. Right. And these had been funded through largely debt. So the combination of um, underperforming acquisitions uh, funded by debt resulted in an overgeared balance sheet. Right. So, so clearly... Clearly, where we'd allocated uh, the purchase price to, to goodwill and, in some cases, customer bases. But that customer base did not materialize, and, and clearly uh, they were overstated in our, in our balance sheet. So we've had to, to write those down. Right. We, we, also, we also had um, a complicated uh, a multi-layered management structure, which we had simp- which we've simplified, uh, and also realigned our remuneration policy to, to be performance-based. Uh, so when we pay incentives going forward, it will really be linked into to our performance. We, we've also identified a number of governance and control lapses, particularly in the application of our credit policy, which has resulted in, uh, in us being exposed from, from a bad debt perspective. So we've had to write, write off um, a number of those bad debts, and, and quite a significant amount of them 
relate to the, the payroll business, the fortress business that we've now discontinued. Uh, and and um, we've also tightened uh, on, on our implementation of our credit policy. Uh, our new finance structure is secured on our, on our data book. And, and there are stringent measures which we use to protect uh, that data book, uh, uh, one of which is we've taken out insurance on the, on the data book uh, as a requirement for the, for the funding arrangement. And we're also tightening our processes in terms of uh, the terms that we extend to, to our clients. Is that still underway, Innocent? That's largely done. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's, implemented, it's implemented. We've written off what we consider to be uh, a recoverable debt, uh, taken provisions on whatever it is that we think is in the books that is not um, uh, that does not look good. But actually, I would say we, we we've done it's well and truly done now. Okay, so so what you've uh, essentially just told me talks to the fact that uh, the big number that swung you into into a loss was that uh, impairment of intangible assets, goodwill, and bonds of four hundred seventy seven million for the year. Um, yeah. Uh, and you say, okay, so this this cleanup process, uh, in your your opinion, had the had the had the company grown, had the group grown too fast? I wouldn't say grown too fast. I think uh, we we probably have had gone into areas where we didn't have the the expertise, uh, no experience to to participate in. Particularly as we expanded into the um, oil and gas sector in in Australia and in the rest of Africa. Right. Uh, the timing there was also not uh, not the best time, uh, and also in terms of the write-offs on the on the goodwill, we took on the Kelly business at a time when the um, legislative environment uh, was turning against that business, and we lost a huge uh, number of of, uh, of heads in our in our um, assignee-based temporary employment uh, assignees, and therefore. The, the goodwill that still rested in the Kelly brand did not reflect uh, where the business was and the prospects of the business. Just, just to be clear, this was uh, the, this, these acquisitions were not under your watch. Uh, you, you've, you've been appointed now for about a year, if I'm not mistaken, or a year and a half. Uh, I, I've, I've been in the job for seven months. Seven it, months. It does, feel, it does feel like a year and a half. <laughs> I'm sure, given uh, given what you've just described, it's uh, been a lot of hard work uh, going on. Yeah, a lot of painful changes. Uh, innocent. Just to be uh, so, looking forward now, you've got a portfolio of businesses. You've kind of right-sized the balance sheet. Uh, you've also, as you've mentioned, taken quite a lot of costs out there. Once-off costs of some 250 million uh, relating to to restructuring, as I understand it. Are you happy with the portfolio yeah. of businesses you're in at the moment? Uh, yes, I am, and and I look at it as a as a platform from which we can grow, and and, and I'm and well, I'm quite excited about the uh, the prospects for growth in a, in a number of areas. Um, if you if you just think of um, South Africa and the challenge that we face in terms of uh, uh, the skills gap, I, I, I'm quite excited about what we can do with our training business by right. identifying the right skills. And being a player in in providing uh, or upskilling people on those skills, not not just providing uh, labour into the market, but actually uh, upskilling people in uh, in employment. Okay, uh, can you give us any colour there as to where where potentially you're seeing uh, opportunities? 
So, so we we have um, accreditation, for instance, in the um, in, in the training of welders, and and it's, it's something that you would not uh, ordinarily hear of. But uh, most of the big projects that South Africa has undertaken, we've had to import welders from Thailand. I believe so. Yes. Numbers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And 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 um, when. Uh, uh, contractors uh, uh, import those welders and bring them into the country. They use us to accredit them so that they're able to work in this country. Right. And and we accredit we accredit them through our training centers. And uh, uh, actually, we have the capacity to train in conjunction with our clients a large number of welders to address that particular uh, challenge that the country faces. And that's just one of them. We're also looking at. Um, our IT business, IT training business, talk IT as a vehicle for uh, imparting digital and uh, automation skills uh, to to our client base. Okay, very interesting. Uh, I was aware yeah. of uh, some of the challenges that certainly companies contracted to Eskim, for instance, in, in these huge infrastructure projects involving Madupe and Kasili, were having with some of the, what, what you think would be, uh, I guess, the technical skills associated with the construction of these projects. So, um, yeah. quite interesting to, to, to hear that, uh, that, that, that your thoughts around that. Um, Innoc- yeah, I'm, I'm also quite... Yeah, quite go ahead. excited about that. Because, I'm quite quite excited about that because uh, that's where I come from. Uh, I, I uh, trained initially as a power station engineer. Right. So it's an area that I, I quite understand. Okay, great. Now, now, if I've mm. understood you correctly, so that's <coughs> that's a, a, an opportunity where you're providing accreditation at one level, and you're looking to provide actually the skills. Um, yeah. f- for those welders so that they would be trained and then accredited by uh, businesses in your portfolio? Yes. You, 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 what happens is that um, when, when the government allows those work permits to be issued for, for the Thai welders, there is a condition there that there has to be skills transfer from the incoming welders to the local uh, welders. But actually because of the tight project uh, timelines that are there, not much of that uh, really is realized. And, and we're, we're seeing an opportunity to be the vehicle that enables that, uh, those promises to actually be delivered. Right. Okay. Uh, I've just got to be mindful of the time, Innocent, but perhaps you That's can fine. just give us some indication of what you're hoping to do with the, the business in the year ahead. So, um, obviously, expanding our business development capabilities, I have appointed a very experienced uh, chief commercial officer to try and um, coordinate our business development efforts between our different divisions. Right. In, uh, we had a situation where we provide services to the same clients under different brands, but never in a, in a joined-up way. So we don't get the benefits of um, uh, cross-selling, and uh, the chief commercial officer will drive that. And secondly, our lower-margin businesses, particularly in the industrial services, there are huge opportunities to further optimize our processes and make sure that uh, not only do we reduce the cost there, but actually become more effective in terms of um, interacting with our clients. Things like the time that it takes us to actually generate an invoice, we can compress that into from at least about 15 days to probably a day or two. 
that actually would represent a huge saving in working capital. Right. And we've already kicked off those uh, those initiatives uh, in our industrial services business. We're also looking at uh, repositioning our support services business, which is mainly targeted at the clerical and uh, call center uh, business and contingent workforce by deploying a platform which will help uh, to link our clients and ourselves um, rather than doing uh, providing people manually. Uh, they will be able to use the app to interact with our pool of contingent workforce, uh, contingent workers, if they need to to hire them. That will reduce the cost, and also from a client perspective, we will be able to reduce the price and the turnaround time for for deploying somebody. That was Innocent Dutero, the CEO of AdCorp. All right, time to check in the markets with. Uh uh, Simon Brown from Just One Lap uh, today. The All Share Index up half a percent at the moment, uh, being led at the, uh, by financials that are up uh, almost three quarters of a percent. Industrials up uh, about a third of a percent. Uh, gold mining down three quarters of a percent, and resources having a good day uh, up three quarters of a percent. Uh, behind Naspers is the most traded share on the stock exchange today is Sasol, Standard Bank, and First Rand. Uh, obviously, very, uh, very great, strong interest in the uh, the trading of the banks today. Uh, but the co- the currency continues to deteriorate against the U.S. dollar. Now trading at twelve rand eighty three against uh, the U.S. dollar, down one third of a percent. But against the pound, it's up at one tenth of a percent to trade at seventeen rand nineteen. Uh, and the euro will cost us one tenth of a percentage more at fifteen rand six cents. Uh, but here to discuss. Uh, a number of items with me is uh, Simon Brown. Good to talk to you again, Simon. Hey, often, Warren. Good to chat. You had uh, the chance to have a look at the Steinhoff presentation on Friday and uh, perhaps <laughs> some of the reports coming out indicating just how acute and painful uh, the problem is with respect to those finance companies uh, that uh, have been uh, issuing or certainly um, undertaking uh, debt obligations to banks and financial institutions. Uh, it doesn't make for pretty reading, does it? No, I mean, you said acute and troubling, and, and, and that is exactly what, what, what the story is with, with Steinhoff. There were some, 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 some glimmers of hope, some of the, the operational units, particularly in the retail space in Europe, you know, doing all right and, and, you know, at, at, at operational level. But, but there's bigger issues. I mean, are you going to want to lend Poundland money when the owner of Poundland is, you know, not even lend the money, supply them goods, when, when the owners of Poundland is Steinhoff? Um, and, and you can see that, that situation and you can see the, the, the requirements. And, and much of this, I mean, in essence, there's, there's kind of two parts to the equation. One is the, the, the fraud, and that is still being worked through and, and determining exactly what, what's happening there. Um, but that is having that not, not going to affect onto, onto operational, onto requirements. Uh, uh, the disclosure that, that, that uh, Mattress Land, the recent ac- ac- acquisition in, in uh, uh, America, um, is, is, in, is in need of, of money for a turnaround strategy, uh, money that they simply don't have and, 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 and are going to find incredibly difficult to, to, to raise. Now, the, I guess the question is, you have uh, the Steinhoff subsidiary Star listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, uh, of which it owns 71%. Is, is that free of uh, potential, uh, the need to restructure and dispose of assets that might feed uh, all the claims coming into the parent company? 
So, I mean, my, my, my sense is yes, but there, there, there's levels of complexities. Um, so, so there might be, there might be claims to it. The, 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 the techie town claim. Um, is it a, is it a Steinhoff at, at head office level? Is it a star? There's businesses sitting within there which are, you know, within, within the, the star local business, which is their, their sort of African retail operation. Um, that suddenly there might be deals that are done in assets that sit there. Is there a potential to claw those back? Is there a potential to unwind those deals? Now, my understanding is is, is no, but at this point, we, we simply don't know. That's the honest answer. And that, uh, the story around Steinhoff since that, that, that first week in December of last year is that there's, there's nothing that we actually truthfully know. Um, it, it's all going to be speculation and, 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 and you know, hopes and prayers. And none of those make for, for, for an investment case. And hence, we've, obviously, the Steinhoff share price has collapsed. Uh, but we've seen a fair bit of pressure coming into the, into the star share price. And it, it's not because operationally there's ever any issues with any of the underlying assets. It's just a, a level of uncertainty. In a perfect world, uh, Steinhoff is the parent company. They sold down some of those assets. They may be required to sell down some more of that of that stake uh, to create liquidity at at, at, at the head office level. Uh, but it's the uncertainty that is concerning the market. All right. Uh, obviously, more to come on that story, Simon. We're just going to have to leave it there. But thanks very much for your time today. Always a pleasure. That was Simon Brown from Just One Lap. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. And that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. Remember, both our English and Afrikaans-speaking radio shows kick off at 6 p.m. this evening. And we've added the roster of the Classic Business Breakfast from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Classic FM radio station. So plenty of opportunity to catch up with what's breaking in the business world. I'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Cheers for now.